Friday. Some people got off. Some people just don't got off. But it's still a good Friday. And with that being said, we got Danny Thompson here. My guy will give you the analytics on what he feels about the NBA. But before we get into this episode, you already know. Hit my music. You're on time to talk sports with raw mind. Game day, who plays with updates of all kinds? From press box to sideline. Who got cut? Who got signed? Who's clutch when it's crunch time? The starting lineup for the pine. These athletes compete, some without even trying. You want a championship? You gotta grind. When them bright lights shine, and this game go nine, they gon' cover the story not quite like rhyme. Exclusive interviews, dudes plug like Mike Line. He's got the inside scoop of why, who got fine? and we're back we're back danny man how are you doing today man man it's been no it's it feels like it's been years since i've been on the show but it's good to be on a good friday with my good brother Ryan Jones, something. <laughs> Friday morning. Friday's new, actually. Now, <laughs> man, my guy, my guy, appreciate you, man. I know you love the NBA, and I love sports in its in itself. You know? so we're gonna dive into these topics real quick, man. And um, I'm gonna go with you know we found out that the Bucks get home court in the playoffs. Uh, do we see the Bucks get back to the finals, or do you just see them just going through the Eastern Conference? I mean, making the finals is probably the easiest. They can make the conference finals easily. Um, I think they have a chance to make the NBA finals. And the reason being is that Philadelphia and Boston are set for a second round clash mm. that would literally almost obliterate each other. Um, so you have two teams that should basically beat each other down. And then the Bucks will get what's left. No offense to Cleveland, no offense to the Knicks, uh, no offense who gets the AC in the Eastern Conference. But Philadelphia and Boston is the series everybody wants to see. It's going to be a knockdown drag out, probably a potentially seven game series. And if the Bucks can somehow get through the first two rounds without having, you know, a lot on their plate. Now, this is before the Chris Middleton injury. Then you have an easy shot of, of, of basically getting a weakened team. But now with Chris or Chris Middleton's injury, it might not be as easy as it seems. But I think the Bucks have a really good chance to get to the conference finals and take what's left between Philadelphia and, and uh, Boston. Yeah, I feel the same way. I feel like Milwaukee should better get through that. I'm just still strong on like Boston find this way there. You know, the Knicks are just the Knicks. I'm like, when I when I think about the New York Knicks, I heard you say something about them. Nothing against them, but raw thoughts. The Knicks are the Knicks. They're gonna do the same. Get through the playoffs. Go to the playoffs. If they only get to the conference finals, like I don't know what the expectation is for the Knicks. It's gonna be the same thing. I don't see them getting to the finals. I only see them getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. So it's just gonna be, hey, the Knicks made the playoffs. That's it. That's that. That's enough. Well, well, the good, well, here's the thing. You're looking at the New York Knicks. I mean, the offseason, the home news was Donovan Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell, the Knicks. Donovan Mitchell going home. His dad works for the Mets. You know, it's Donovan Mitchell in the garden. It didn't work out that way. Uh, it ended up Donovan Mitchell ended up in Cleveland, and Jalen Brunson was the, has become the guy in New York. So now you have the two biggest offseason acquisitions, one through trade, one via – free agency against each other, both playing basically guard positions in one of the best uh, first-round series. Now, the real question for the Knicks is, is Julius Randle going to be 100% ready to go when we right. get to next weekend? Right. If Julius Randle's healthy, then that puts a, that poses a lot of problems for Evan Mobley and Jared Allen in the post because not only can Julius Randle you know, wear you down the post, Julius Randle plays on the perimeter. And Julius Randle's a good ball handler. Take away the turnovers, he's actually a pretty good passer. 
the Knicks really need a lot of R.J. Barrett in that series. You're going to need – I mean, Emmanuel Quigley for the last month has been just phenomenal. Um, if you have him in fantasy sports, he saved you. <laughs> He's really saved you if you got him in fantasy basketball for the last Hell, month. Hell, my daddy did. Sheesh. The New York Knicks yeah. guy, he is. But go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> Listen, and then, you know, you know, I mean, I know Obi Toppin had a huge game the other night, but we're, we're going to keep that on the side on the side note. But in Cleveland's case, Cleveland has Darius Garland. They have, you know, the aforementioned Donovan Mitchell, who should be first team All-NBA. You have, you know, Evan Mobley. You have Jared Allen. They have Karis LeVert. Cleveland's got a lot of pieces. So this first round series is fun. But remember, if this series goes six and seven games, and Milwaukee can get through the first round easily, then what are you looking at here? You're looking at a, a team that's that's been weakened going against a Bucks team that could be fresh and could have a healthier Chris Middleton than they would have had in the first round. Right, I agree. I agree. So do you think – did Brunson shock you when they when they first made the trade for Brunson to go to the New York Knicks? Did they, was that a shock that he was going to play at this level? Or was it like, do you think they gave him too much? Um, I think really, to be honest with you, we had saw the signs of Jalen Brunson having a breakout year um, in the second half of the season to the playoffs with Dallas, um, you know, being the second-hand man of Luka. Um, one thing about Jalen Brunson compared to other Knicks they brought in at that position, because to be honest with you, Jalen Brunson is the first real point guard the Knicks have had. Right. That, has, that has not been broken down, that's not been older than what they were, that have not been at that level. Because you got to think, the last time the Knicks had a really, really good point guard, Prime. Think about this. The last time they've had a really, really good point guard. We're going back to probably Mark Jackson in the 90s. <laughs> I mean, because think Chauncey Billups was older when he got there. Derrick Rose had no knees when he got there. Kimball Walker's knees were gone when he got there. Every point guard the Knicks have brought in in the last 20 plus years has not been on Jalen Brunson's level. And that's been the difference. That's really been the difference. And Jalen Brunson is a closer. So the Knicks brought in two things the Knicks didn't have when they made the playoffs two years ago when they had the Trey Young series. You had you had Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett throwing up shots in the playoff series, and neither one knew how to close games. Jalen Brunson mm. played the Big East. He's from, he played at Villanova. He knows what that toughness is, and he knows how to do it in New York City. Now the question is, if he gets the Knicks out of the first round, you're talking about the elevator went up in the Dallas series. That elevator is going to go all the way up here if he gets the Knicks out of the first round and outplays Donovan Mitchell. Oh, boy, which means the Knicks may have some promising years coming up. But before we get to the next topic, Essential Collections, Essential Collections by Monica Ritz. Use the promo code RAWMIND. Use the promo code RAWMIND. And go to her website, www.essential.com.square.site. She has handmade products from facial products, body products, bath products, smell good products, even products for kids, even care baskets. Use the promo code RAWMIND, use the promo code RAWMIND, and she might just pull up at your doorstep. So let, let's, let's go to the West. It was a big thing that happened in the West. We found out before the trade deadline, there were some guys that was going places. We had we had people going there with the trade deadline, and one of the teams I want to talk about is the LA Lakers making some key trades. You know, they sent Russell away. Regardless mm-hmm. what they think, but I got a few words for that. But I think for me, raw thoughts. I think it was more of a win-win for both. I think Russ is playing a lot better with the Clippers than he was with the Lakers. I think things are working very very well. He actually hitting jump shots here compared to when he was there. But uh, that's another thing. But do you think the Lakers, if they get in, are they dangerous or are they back? Anytime LeBron James and Anthony Davis are healthy, the playoff series are dangerous. Um, one of the things the Lakers did was they rebalanced their roster. 
um, at the deadline. They rebalanced the roster by getting guys that fit more of what they had in their championship run. Not to say that's the same championship team because LeBron James was about four years old, younger. And so Anthony Davis was about 87 years younger in health wise. So it's a different type of, but they have a lot of same, same pieces. You have guys like Rui Hachimura, who played, who's a really good shooter from the, uh, a good shooter from the perimeter. They added guys like Mo Bamba, who can't protect the paint when he's not worried about three point shooting. But D'Angelo Russell, D- Jared Vanderbilt is a dog. He's a guy that doesn't have to touch the ball. All he wants to do is grab rebounds and play defense. It's guys that you need to play next to Anthony Davis, Russell, Malik Beasley, who's a knockdown shooter, and Austin Reeves, whose game has come to a whole new level. Who thought Austin Reeves would be a key member of this team when the season started? So. There are a lot. There are a lot more pieces the Lakers have. It's a much more balanced roster. So as long as Anthony Davis and LeBron James are on the floor, they're always dangerous. But the problem with the Western Conference is it's not about who's dangerous. It's what matchup are you going to get yourself into that's going to allow you to get to the next round? Because really, unlike the East, where there's three teams that really can make the finals, no offense to the Denver Nuggets who have the best record in the Western Conference. <laughs> There is no team in the Western Conference that really stands out. Every team has had concerns and issues all year. We talked the, the Lakers are staying with consistency. The Clippers don't know from one minute to the next who they are from one minute to the next. One minute Kawhi Leonard is going off and Russell Westbrook's hitting jump shots. The next minute the Clippers are imploded. Denver Denver hasn't proven much of anything outside of that one play one year in the playoffs, and we don't know if Nikola Jokic is ready to take. That's what he's missing. The same thing with Joel and being East is getting his team to the NBA Finals. Memphis has had all the all the off the court issues with John Morant, and for as much as they talk, it's now time for them to back it up. Sacramento has made the playoffs for the first time prime since maybe. Uh, I I mean, (laughs) 2005, okay, 2005, where I was literally, wow, 2005 was a long time ago, okay, we were listening to CDs back then, so (laughs) the Kings were in the playoffs, and the team has little to no experience in the playoffs, Mike Brown's coached in championship situations, he's won a champ, no, he's, he's coaching championship situations, so he knows what this is all about, but the roster doesn't have much playoff experience. I mean, they have, don't, don't really know what that is, which is a good thing and a bad thing. Golden State finally has everybody back. Andrew Wiggins is completely back um, after you know the health scare, after the health situation with his father. Um, that was a health situation. It wasn't anything about Wiggins' girlfriend, wife cheating on him, and no kids. It was his dad. <laughs> okay, we can, we can get rid of that. The Warriors have gotten their full team back, but the problem is Golden State can't win on the road. They're literally one of the worst road teams in the NBA all season. And now you're going to have to play playoff games on the road, but they've played when they've been healthy, they don't lose playoff series. It's really it's just when the three of those guys have been healthy, Steph, Clay, and Dre. I don't think all I don't think they've lost a playoff series with all three of them being healthy at the same time. But mm. it's an older Warriors team. We talk about the Lakers, the Clippers. The only team we're not talking about is Dallas Mavericks because we're not even sure if they, I think they're going to be eliminated sometime tomorrow, probably. So. There's so much parity in the West, but yeah, the Lakers are back. It's just that what matchup are they going to get in the first round? Whew, the Western Conference is going to be interesting. It's even hard to predict the team, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah, for me, um, the Western Conference is going to be tough. I don't it's a bloodbath. Know. Right, right. It's not like you can pick a team. Like, like you say, every team has inconsistencies, and that's the issue right now. No team is like really 
clicking on all cylinders right now going to the playoffs. And for that, if you're not going to be clicking on all cylinders, experience does matter. And I feel like that's what experience does come in. And experience can outweigh, you know, the consistency because they'll find a way to get it done. But the next topic, man, you know, KD finally is back on the court after a little slight incident he had um, on the court sliding and um <laughs> man yeah he boy he fragile boy that's raw thoughts but he's still on the slim reaper so had a great night last night him and chris paul shooting lights out even though they don't have a lot of depth can this phoenix sun team get to the nba back to the nba finals this season it's funny because the last segment we we're talking about the western conference the one team i didn't talk about was the phoenix suns yeah all right so the phoenix suns are yes you have Super talented everywhere. You, you know, you have all-star Devin Booker. You have, you know, Chris Paul, you know, DeAndre Ayton, of course, Kevin Durant on the roster. But, you know, when, when they trade for Kevin Durant, they traded a lot of key pieces away. No Mikael Bridges, no Cam Johnson. Those guys were, were key parts of that roster. And reason being is that over the last couple of years, Chris Paul has not, it was with the exception of the year they made the finals, Chris Paul has never been relatively healthy in the playoffs, which always spells doom and gloom for Phoenix. <laughs> Now, on top of that, you mentioned Kevin Durant got hurt slipping. He slipped on the floor, you know, and took himself out for a couple of weeks. Between Kevin Durant's injuries and Chris Paul not being healthy, it's scary to pick Phoenix. It is scary to pick Phoenix. But if you're if you're playing with no injuries, then of course the Warriors, I mean, the Suns are, are, are right there, the top two or three in the Western Conference. They're getting healthy. Like I said before, it's just the matchup. Because if it goes down to a series where depth is involved, I worry about the Suns in the series. I worry about the Suns in a seven-game series when depth is depth becomes available, uh, was needed, or if an injury happens to said Chris Paul and or Ed said Kevin Durant. If one of those two guys go down, it could be the end of the season for Phoenix. Yeah, I agree the same way. I feel like it, um that depth situation, you know, depth situation is going to be um the issue. You know, Booker's been playing great, but, you know, Booker can't do it by himself. And in the Western Conference, again, you're going to need all that firepower. And trust me, these, but the thing that gets me with the Phoenix Suns is these guys going to have to play a lot of minutes to even win a seven-game series, which means they're going to be battered. They're going to be tired. They don't have nobody coming to get them, pulling them out. You know, you know they may get a two-minute, one-minute break. I mean, two, three-minute break, maybe between the TV timeout, stuff like that. But their energy on that level, they're going to have to play a lot of minutes to get to the NBA Finals. And that's the part when I say, whew. But I mean, this- like I said, it's, it's, you, know, you mentioned the minutes situation. Like last night, you know, if you look at it, even with the, you know, Phoenix not having, you know, so Denver not having everybody, no Nicole Jokic last night. Kevin Durant still had to play almost 41 minutes last night for the win that game last night. Mm. You know, De- Chris Paul played 30, 30, almost 38 minutes. Devin Booker played 38 minutes. The only saving grace if Chris Paul goes down is Devin Booker is going to have to become more of a playmaker. I mean, if you can't trust campaign, you're going to have to find ways to do it. They're going to need Torrey Craig off the bench. You're going to need Landry Shamit. You're going to need those guys because TJ Warren's not there. He's in Brooklyn. Like I said, Shamit and Bridges are all in the East Coast now. So the depth that you had is not there. So, yeah, I, I have a hard time trusting Phoenix, but even though they – even though. You have the Slim Reaper and Kevin Durant on your team. So, um, before we um, the next topic here, we're gonna go to. You know, we talked about Golden State. We talked about the woes they've been having on the road this season. You know, but they're they're back healthy. They got Andrew Wiggins, as you said. 
Do you think the West should still be scared of Golden State going into the playoffs? You know, Prime, we're both from the South. <laughs> and we're both wrestling fans. <laughs> so you know where I'm going with this. There was, a great, there was a great poet by the name of Ric Flair who always said, in order to beat the man, you have to beat the man. <laughs> and you have to beat the Golden State Warriors to get through the Western Conference. That's what you have to do. Don't let the fact that Golden State's won nine road games all season. They've won nine. They're 9-30 <laughs> on the road this season. Don't mind that. Stephen Curry's healthy. Klay Thompson's healthy. Draymond Green's healthy. Andrew Wiggins is back. Which means Jordan Poole can just do what Jordan Poole does off the bench. The Warriors are still dangerous. You have to go through them. Now, like I mentioned before, the Warriors right now are in a – I would say an ideal first-round matchup. If the playoffs were started today, they'd be playing the first round against the Sacramento Kings. And really right now, the Western Conference, when you talk about the teams that are fighting for the playoff spots, because between Golden State, the Clippers, uh, the Lakers, and New Orleans, nobody wants the five seed. Nobody wants to see Kevin Durant in the first round. No one wants that. Okay, Kevin Durant's healthy. We're not be, we can talk about the injuries all you want to in the injury history of Kevin Durant and Chris Paul, but – you don't want to First see round. them in a playoff series voluntarily. Right, right. You want you want Sacramento. And for Golden State, for a team that runs up and down, that's the perfect matchup. Because you can launch threes against them all day. And I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Kings fans, we're lighting the beam. This has been your year. This has been the biggest feel-good story of the year. Mike Brown's my coach of the year. Everything else in between. But it's over. But, but Mike Brown also coached that team in the Bay. <laughs> <laughs> for the last couple seasons. And no offense to Kevin Herter, Malik Monk, De'Ara Fox, who's having a career season, Sabonis, um, Harrison Barnes, Keegan Murray, who's had a really good rookie season. But when you're looking at Stephen Curry, Kev, uh, Clay Thompson, Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins, and Draymond Green, you're looking into the eyes of of what I we saw at Ivan Drago and Rocky when he in the beginning of the movie when he hit Apollo. And you hear the corner saying, Throw the towel, throw the towel. That's all you're hearing. Golden State can light, <laughs> literally light the Kings up. If you're the Lakers, you want to get to six. If you're New Orleans, who's a game out, you want to get to six. Everybody wants to get to six. You don't want to get to five. You don't want to be in the play-in. Everybody wants to be at six. That's the sweet spot in the Western Conference. So Man. if Golden State gets six, then that leaves you with a second-round matchup with the Memphis Grizzlies. And the real thing is, is John Morant and and Dylan Brooks and them boys in Memphis have talked all about Stephen Curry <laughs> and Golden State. They're asking for the smoke again, and, I'm, and and that's the motivation Golden State needs the chip on the shoulder. You get them a second round series with Memphis, and that's all she wrote. Or if Golden State gets in that playing situation, they win that first round playing series, and they get their hands on on Memphis. That could be the end of Memphis around one too. Golden State can eliminate almost anybody in the Western Conference at this point. So yeah, you need to be scared of them. Yeah, I, I said the same thing. They're like a they're like a, a video game team, man. With that healthy, like this is the type of team you could be down by fifteen with two minutes left, and you could have five bad possessions, and they could turn them into three point shots made. Like they could score at will. It's that's this is never before seen. Never been done, man. Like Golden State can always be in games because they are the one team that can shoot the ball outstanding. In games, some teams can shoot good, 
but teams just don't shoot outstanding. When you got Steph Curry and those shooters and Poole and Clay Thompson, a lot of people still talk about he missed a lot of shots. These guys can shoot outstanding. Like it's 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 superb at times, man. And you don't want to. I I personally would not want to see Golden State because their ability to shoot the ball so well. Now if they have well, a bad night, then you know that's different. But it's tough going against them. Don't see, now, mind you, don't see the Sacramento Kings. Um, on my Substack art, uh, Substack, I wrote an article on the Kings about a, a couple weeks ago. The Kings are the most efficient team in the NBA uh, statistically, offensively. Mm. Like the Kings are literally a statistical dream. And for a team that scores 100, 122 points a game, Prime, you think, okay, they, they take a lot of bad shots. No, the, the Kings take literally some of the best shots in the NBA. The second league of field goal percentage, they're ten, now they, they got cold behind the three point lines a couple of days, but they're still 10th in the NBA in three point percentage. But in the NBA, they're the number one shooting team from the two point range. So anything under inside, inside the arc, they're number one in the NBA. And it's not just some bonus being down people in the post. No, no, no. They're hitting from everywhere. They cut. They move. Mike Brown knows that team. That he's created a culture in, in, in Sacramento that we have not seen in years. Those guys all play together. Those guys are all one accord. We ain't seen in the playoffs, but De'Aaron Fox, if you would have had your bingo card at the start of the season, Prime, if you had played NBA, who would have done it bingo? Would you have thought at the beginning of the season De'Aaron Fox would be shooting at 52, almost 52% from the floor and scoring 25 points a game this season. Would you thought it'd be a 50 point, a 50%, over 50% from the floor and hitting 25 points a game? That oh, wouldn't no. have been your bingo. That wouldn't have been your bingo card this year. No, it wouldn't. No doubt about that. <laughs> so in the you know, regular, you know, the Kings are a regular season team. They score a lot of points. The question is, can they do it in the playoffs? And that's the question. When the possessions are tighter, possessions are less frequent. There's not enough. There's not as much running, and it's really defense on both ends. Can the can the Kings do it? Um, I know Kings fans would rather see New Orleans in the first round. Sorry, sorry, Damian Adams and, and all New Orleans fans. If the Kings can play anybody in the first round, you don't want to see LeBron James. You don't want to see Stephen Curry. You might want to see the Clippers because because pa- Paul George turns into pandemic P in the playoffs. So you might want to see. You know, you <laughs> New Orleans is what you want. You want to see New Orleans in the playoffs if you are the Kings. You don't want to see Lakers or Warriors. That's definitely what you don't want to see in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm there. I, I agree with that. And man, just I, I appreciate the analytics he gave. See, I told you guys one thing about one thing about Danny Thompson. He's gonna bring the analytics. He even brought me something new because you know I ain't gonna lie. I didn't even see that raw thoughts. And he brought me something about the Sacramento Kings I didn't even know about this year, which I should be doing more research. With that being said, the final topic of the um two more topics. Final topic. Well, one of the final topics. Predictions on the NBA Finals. I know it's been tough, but we kind of discuss everything. Like, we don't know which way it's going. But I'm just curious. Just We're going to play the bingo card is what you said. Raw thoughts. Throw them out there. <laughs> shoot, shoot me. Shoot me what All you right. got. I mean, it's kind of hard to predict the finals right now. But if I had if I had a gun to my head, I had to pick two teams right now. All right, I'm taking Milwaukee in the East. Yeah, I know Chris Middleton's hurt. Um, it's something about the Sixers and Doc Rivers and just that whole combination of Embiid, James Harden, strip clubs, and everything else. Doc Rivers somehow blowing a playoff series. It's all feel like that's going to hold the Sixers from getting there. I don't know. I know they've been saying this all year about Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. But something tells me 
that they're leading towards more of a divorce than they are right, a, right. A, or being together long term. Something tells me that this there, there is something underlining about this. So I don't know if Boston gets to the Eastern uh, wins the Eastern Conference. I think Milwaukee gets enough time to rest Chris Middleton um, in the opening round. So I'm taking What's the Bucks down? in the East. In out West, man, it's a bloodbath. It's hard because it, I, when LeBron when LeBron James made the playoffs the last time in LA, they made the finals. They won the championship. The last time the Lakers made the playoffs and LeBron James was on there and healthy, they won the championship. Uh, you know, and Anthony, LeBron and AD were healthy. They won a championship. So it's hard to pick against the Lakers. It's hard to pick against the Warriors. But, man, I, I'm going to say I'm taking Denver. I'm taking Nuggets and Bucks. And, here, and here's the reason why I'm taking Denver. Okay, I know I'm I'm an analytics guy, so of course you know I'm big in the Cole Jokic. Um, it it he even though he's not going to win the MVP because he's going to fall, literally what, technically statistically speaking, he's going to fall maybe ten assists short of getting a full ten assists a game. But because it's nine point nine, I'm giving it to him. Uh, he averaged a triple double this season, but really the play of Aaron Gordon has been the difference this year. Aaron Gordon's had career numbers all – he's had career a career year all the way around. This is the best year Aaron Gordon's had his career. And I've covered Aaron when he was a young uh, – I would say a young pup. Well, I've covered Aaron that long. I covered him in Orlando. I've watched his, I've watched his development from being an athletic dunker to the player he's become now. He's become – he's been really good defensively all year. And on top of that, Prime, he's shooting 57% from the floor. He's never shot this well. This year, he's, he's had his best numbers across the board. Um – He's playing solid defense. Jamal Murray is now healthy. They've got good pieces. Um, they've kind of rebalanced the roster. They made some moves at the deadline, just like other teams did. They've rebalanced to recalibrate this roster. I think the West will be a bloodbath, but the Nuggets are the one team that can get out of the one spot because everybody two, three, six, and se- uh, six and seven are going to be literally beat each other down. And I think Denver will get out of it. They'll escape out of it somehow. Because they're healthy. I, I think we have a healthy Denver team. So my prediction probably will change on on, for, on Saturday because we'll have all the matchups uh, with the playing games already completed. So as of right now, on Good Friday, with my good brother, I'm taking Nuggets and Bucks in the finals. I might throw a micro wrench at this. Um, here, here's mine real quick. Um, I, I'm going to break it down. So, all right, Western Conference, Denver has a lot of pressure. Denver has to win. It's a must win. It's not a not a just win because people have been expecting and having Denver get into the championship for the past few years or had high expectations for them. Now it's put up a shut up time. Like I think people are like getting oh, getting tired of the story with Denver Nuggets. You know, Sacramento's very young, very very young, so they may get people are not going to put so much pressure on them, but they're still a young team. Lakers, you got LeBron. Um. The the teams the team I feel like is gonna get there, but I'm gonna give you the one I, I, I think should get there, but I'm also giving you my dark horse team. The team I think in the West is gonna get there. I really still feel like Golden State Health is gonna be there. But the dark horse team, this is where we go with. If healthy, if they get ready, if this person comes back healthy and they feel like he he's ready to go. I'm going to shock the world, people. I'm gonna say what I gotta say in raw thoughts. I know I'm gonna get some backclap or backlash, but here we go. And, and no, and it's not 
I know know we're going with this. Go ahead, Prime. Ladies and gentlemen. I'm going with the L.A. Clippers in the finals, baby. Hey, hey, I'll go over the L.A. Clippers. Look, it's not even about Russell. I feel like Kawhi, the style of play, I think they got one of the best coaches in Ty Lue. I think if Paul George can come back healthy, I'm, I've been watching this team over the past two weeks, and I ain't going to lie, I haven't even watched the Clippers at all that much with Westbrook and the home team, but since Paul George got hurt, I looked at I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm visioning people. I'm going to give my vision here. I know my vision may be here. You may agree or disagree. I'm looking mm-hmm. at this team. I'm looking at all these role players that can shoot the ball very well for the Clippers. I'm looking at man can shoot the ball very well. I'm looking at Covington. I'm looking at Eric Gordon. I'm looking at the Highland kid. I ain't even name. I'm not even naming Russ. Now, if you got Kawhi Leonard, no. who I feel like can get a bucket anywhere on the floor, I feel like Paul George can get a bucket anywhere on the floor. I think those guys I just named can keep Kawhi and Paul George from getting double teamed. And I feel like these guys can knock down shots very well. I feel like they can really – I think the Clippers have great floor spacing. Golden State is just amazing floor spacing. But I really feel like the Clippers have great floor spacing because they have guys on the floor that can really shoot the ball well. They've been playing well. Now, they have been inconsistent. And I'm going to tell you now, also, Russell Westbrook has been – I think Russell Westbrook has found a home here. It feels like he, – he don't even look like he's stressed. He don't even look like he's tense. It looks like when I saw that um that video of Russell Westbrook in the locker room, Thompson, hey, win or lose, let's have fun. He was with the Lakers. At that very moment, I knew he was gone. Because, see, when you got LeBron James on your team, it's no such thing as win or lose. It's got to get it done. Because everybody put LeBron James on this pedestal as, you know, some say the GOAT or in the, 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 um, the conversation with Michael Jordan. So for LeBron James, the chosen one coming out of high school, his expectations has always been high. It's never just win or lose. He has to win. So – he has to win. And if he doesn't win, he don't want to hit no win or lose. No, nobody's gonna let LeBron James live if he if he loses. They don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear win or lose. So I knew he was gone. But at the same time, you know, LeBron hasn't had a ball, which rightfully so. He's the number one off. She brings the ball to court a lot, you know. So now you have Russ that was on that team. That just was him. Russ that's never in his game since he's been to NBA. Russell Westbrook has never been put in a situation as a standstill guard. Like, even when he was at OKC, he had the ball in his hands. Brother, we liked what he did. He didn't do. He had the ball in his hands. He got there. He made triple doubles. He made plays. This team he's with now allows Russell Westbrook to actually bring the ball to the court, be who he is, and his identity. His game has been better. Now, he had a few bad games, but he's just been playing a whole lot better. He looks like he's free. He looks like he's happy. You know, like I said earlier, he's hitting jump shots now. I think right now, I think it's personal. If the Lakers and the Clippers played in the playoffs right now, it is personal. So with that being said, I'm going with the dark horse team, the Clippers, but I did say Golden State. I feel like I'm get there. So I gave I my mean, I'm going to let you get that. I'm going to let you say this, what you got to say first. Before I go to no, 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 I'm, 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 I'm going to say this. I think when you, when you talk about Russell Westbrook, you talk about he's playing free. Let's just say this. Russell Westbrook played 19, he's played 19 games in L.A. This is the best he's ever shot at any point in his career. He's shooting 48, almost 49% from the floor, almost 33% from deep. This is the best Russell shot since he's been in the league, you know, at, you know, at one point in time. So on the accuracy part, he is having more fun. I mean, he's he's not turn, he's still turning the ball over pretty much, but he's still playing. He's still more efficient offensively than he has been in years. I mean, this has been the most efficient he's had. You know, I mean, we mentioned shooters. Norman Powell's a guy. I don't think he named. Yeah, I forgot Powell. about Norman Powell. Sorry, I did forget. And, 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 and no, Powell shooting number forty percent from beyond from beyond the arc. And like I said, you mentioned when you have Paul George and Kawhi injury, Kawhi Harris, Harris injury history, it is really about 
you know, getting guys to step in that role. Uh, Nicholas Batum is now back in the starting lineup um, and those things. So they have the talent. Then they and I, you know, one of the more underrated pickups in the uh, at the deadline was them getting Mason Plumley from Charlotte, and he's averaging almost eight rebounds a game off the bench in less than tw- about twenty minutes a game. So he's grabbing rebounds on top of Zubac. So you have a bunch of guys who can catch bricklayers, shoot shot, uh, Russell Westbrook rebounds all game, game long. The Clippers, <laughs> just like the Lakers, just like Golden State, just like like I mentioned before, everything in the Western Conference is where do you end up in the in the hierarchy of first round series? Right. Like the Clippers don't want to play Denver in the first round. You don't right, want right. to play Denver. Your ideal matchup is Sacramento. You want to play Sacramento. I'll be honest with you. I think the Clippers actually want to play Phoenix in the first round. Hmm. You would rather play Phoenix uh, because I think Memphis will run them into the ground in the first round. I think Memphis will run the Clippers out of the building. That's, that's, just, that's just hindsight. I think the Clippers run them out of the building. So the Grizzlies run the Clippers out of the building. The Clippers would rather play Phoenix because I think they, they have enough guys who can guard Kevin Durant. They have so many guys who can switch defensively with Kevin Durant. You know, it doesn't have to be Kawhi. Paul George can switch on. You, Norman Powell can, can guard him. You know, I didn't say contain. I say guard him. Robert Covington can guard him. Morris can guard him. There's enough bodies They're to very go The Clippers are a team. Well, they have enough guys that can switch versatility-wise to guard Kevin Durant in that series. And Russell Westbrook... Will, 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 even though he hasn't been asked to do this, but because he can do this, he can he will go one on one with Chris Paul and play defensively with Chris Paul. Which means Devin Booker is going to have to score 35 points a game in the series, or, or Kevin Durant is going to have to stay healthy. So the Clippers match up really well with the Suns, they just don't match up well with some other teams, and and, and that's for various reasons. But I, I mean, I don't mind, I don't mind seeing the Clippers in there. Um, I don't trust them. Pandemic P, I don't trust the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, he um, and that's why I was just like, like you had platoons. Like I just said, like their team is like super deep to where like they should. I mean, we, we we'll see. But now the Eastern Conference, you know, I, I'm gonna call it the last hurrah, the last hurrah. So you know, when okay. I look at the Eastern Conference, I look at Phoenix, not Phoenix, Philadelphia is in the same boat with Denver. They gotta get done. People tired of. Hear these guys in this this series, and I feel like they still won't get to the to the finals anyway. But it's the principle; like people are tired of that. Then you got Boston, like you said. My guy was just talking to me off the phone um, earlier. He was saying he feel like when twenty twenty four come, he feel like um my guy um I had to forgot Jalen Brown yeah, is gone. He feel like he gonna get the bag as what he said, get the money. And he's like he's done. I think Jalen Brown wants to be the number one option on the team. And I think at the end of the day, we know Tatum is still the number one option for the Boston Celtics. So. I am going to say, and you have the Bucks. Excuse me, the Bucks have an injury with um, Chris Middleton, but I'm gonna go with the Bucks Warriors. Let's get it done. But Bucks versus how you do it? Warriors slash. Yeah, you got the slash. You know, we talked about the you, know, you talked about the Bucks earlier in the show. It's just that the Bucks, you know, Bobby Portis has been playing really, really you know, he's played extremely well in all season. Um, has every chance to be six man of the year. Brooke Lopez has every right to say he's the defensive player of the year for what he's been doing defensively. We all know how good Giannis is. We all know how good Drew Holiday is. Um, Pat Covington is underrated all the time. Joe Ingles is healthy. The Bucks have plenty of guys to be able to make the run in the East, but. We're talking dark horse. You mentioned the word dark horse because you mentioned how the Clippers are a dark horse in the in the West. 
Well, to be honest with you, if you look at dark horses in the Eastern Conference, right, we talked about how good Cleveland's been. Um, but my dark horse, and you cannot go, you can't count against them, is the Miami Heat. Every, every year, you're right. I agree. Somehow. They're supposed to be coaching E-boys up. They always get somebody else to do something. <laughs> somehow, how we talk about Paul George turns into Puxatani Phil or even Perry the Platypus in a series, Jimmy Butler puts on playoff Jimmy, and it's a completely different story. Jimmy Butler is a type of guy that, I'll be honest with you, if you are Philadelphia, you don't want to see Jimmy Butler in a playoff series. You don't want to see – if Philadelphia sees Jimmy Butler, especially after everything that happened when he was in Philly the last time, and they chose Ben Simmons over him, and Ben Simmons is somewhere in Brooklyn uh, out the rest of the season, it's a chip on his show. You know Jimmy plays with Edge anyway. Right, Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero is looking like Tyler Hero was the only problem. That reason why um, Miami struggled this year has been really because of the health of Kyle Lowry. Um, Bam has been an All Star. They've and they've struggled trying to find that third shooter in the offense. But my admission where Eric Spoelstra can coach at the Miami Heat are dangerous. I'm not big on Brooklyn winning a playoff series. Um, I still think even though Spencer Dinwiddie is throwing is is cashing dimes everywhere. Like Spencer Dinwiddie's going to turn full point guard all of a sudden. Uh, he's been I think, he, I think he's averaging over ten assists since the trade deadline. He's been throwing dimes out there. Prime the other night he had ten he had ten of them in the first quarter against the Pistons. He was <laughs> to quote Big L he was he's he's, he's giving out more dimes than the Sprint Lady. But um, <laughs> I don't I, I I can't trust Brooklyn in the playoff series. You know Mikael Bridges is going to turn into a star. Uh, I think um, he has the highest scoring average in the history of the NBA since after being traded midseason. Uh, and he's going to lead the league in games play with 83. He's the only guy in the league to play 83 games this season. The Atlanta, it's they got to get in the playoffs. Chicago, Toronto, I don't know if this is the end of Nick Nurse in Toronto. It sounds like it's going to be the end of Nick Nurse in Toronto mm-hmm. on his own accord. But the Raptors have been completely inconsistent all season. They've been frustrating. They've been frustrating all year. And Chicago is only in because the Eastern Conference needed 10 teams. Because Chicago backed themselves into the playoffs, too. Mm-hmm. I don't trust Chicago. I don't trust Toronto. Miami is dangerous. Atlanta's going to get in because Trey Young is going to find a way to hit a bunch of shots, and they're going to end up in the playoffs anyway. But I got Milwaukee winning the East. Miami is my sleeper team. Boston and Philadelphia will beat the living – they'll beat each other to a pulp. And you're right. I think your boy is right. I think Jalen Brown will be on somebody else's roster opening night next season. Because if Boston even – the only way Boston keeps Jalen Brown is if Boston gets back to the finals. That's the only way this marriage will, will continue. Otherwise, I will mark it. Jalen Brown will be on somebody else's roster next year. And I really think it's either going to be Orlando or I know I've heard Houston's name pop up. But it wouldn't surprise me if Jalen Brown ended up Someplace else, um, whether it be Orlando or they're going to send him out west somewhere. I, I was thinking Memphis. I don't think Houston's going because I don't think I don't think Houston wants to deal with the kids that are coming back in return because a lot of those kids aren't going to be what fits in Boston's system. Steven Silas is going to get fired, and I think James Harden's headed back to Houston anyway. Right. I think but I can see I, I can see Jalen Brown in Philadelphia as well too, but it would have to be a redirection of some sort. Right. So 
But I can't see the Spurs. The Spurs. The Spurs. The Spurs um, I can't see the the Celtics taking anything off that roster that's not named Victor Wimbiama in a trade. And I don't think the Spurs are going to trade Wimby to the the, the Celtics because that would just literally start DEFCON five in the Eastern Conference. <laughs> With that being said, we're gonna wrap up the show, but we got one more thing, and this is what I call on every on Raw Mind Sports show, and it's called the Raw Thought Minutes. Raw Thoughts Minute. You got a minute to talk about whatever sports topic you want to talk about. In terms, I guess, if it's something we already discussed or whatever's on your mind, give me your raw thoughts on whatever topic you want to discuss. All right. So I got one minute, huh? All right. I guess it's like a freestyle. All right. For those who for those who've watched college basketball in the last 10 days, thank you. For the ones who think the men's tournament was better than the women's tournament, shame on you. We for the third consecutive year, literally the women's tournament has been the best thing possible. And the WNBA draft is on Monday. All right, we've we've talked about Angel Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark, and I'm not going to go into discuss that any further. Angel Reese was correct with what she was doing anyway. Trash talking has been part of basketball since prime we were kids, since before we were kids. Trash talking has been everywhere. If you can't dish it, if you can't take it, don't dish it. That's what happened to Caitlin Clark. You're doing the John Cena throughout the whole process, and finally came back and bitch in the behind. It is what it is. Good old karma. But. What we're looking into is that the 2023 WMA draft is on Monday night, and you know the class is really solid. But the 2024 draft prime is looking legendary. When you, when you, the, the Twitter thing is okay, so what do you compare it to? What on the men's side you compare it to? The 2024 WNBA draft prime is the 1996 NBA draft or the 2003 NBA draft all at the same time. Mm. This is what this is. This is the 1983 NFL draft class. This is what we're talking about when it comes to potential talent in the WNBA. But there's one problem. Prime. There's only 12 teams in the WNBA. There's 12. The, the WNBA is the only league in the, in the history of sports that cuts first round draft picks because they can't make the roster because the league is that loaded. It's the most compactly big league in the, sport in the, in the country, in all sports. The WNBA needs to expand. The WNBA for the third straight year will have people who we were watching in March Madness not make WNBA rosters, which, of course, kills the growth of the women's game. I've said this for months. Now the 24 class is upon us, and we still haven't heard expansion talks. Kathy Engelbert, it's time. It's time for expansion. And we don't need two teams. We need four. Because in next year's draft class, Prime, there are four. And I mean Ric Flair, four horsemen, woo, four different prospects that will turn franchises around and also bring in new fan bases. Caitlin Clark, we watched Caitlin Clark shoot threes from everywhere across the court in the NCAA tournament. Paige Bukers, who was hurt all last season, but was consensus number one pick before she got hurt for, for the second time in three years. I'm not even going to mention Angel Reese because the fact that Angel Reese was literally averaging 23 points and 16 rebounds a game. And she is not only, she's different. You're right. She, she's, she's different. She's something the league hasn't seen. Her personality matches her game, which is perfect. So she's a third, the third person for a franchise. And then down, down your end, Deja Kelly at North Carolina Prime can 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 be a leader of a franchise. Um Haley Van Lith at, at, at Louisville. Um Angel uh Ashley Wansu, who's transferring. She was at Virginia Tech, but she's now transferring. She was a super she was a stud at she was a superstar at, at Maryland, but then she transferred. She's transferring again from Virginia Tech for, for things that are out of her control. There is uh, Elizabeth Kitley at, um, at, at Virginia Tech. There's so many women in this class in 2024. Camilla Cardoso at South Carolina. The only person I've ever watched in the game that makes more of an impact than, than Aaliyah Boston did. 
coming off the bench at South Carolina. There's a reason why Dawn Staley. I know she was she was heartbroken, but she's smiling because Cardoso is probably the most de- is the most deadly player. And then Cameron Brink at at Stanford. This class is legendary, but you can't be legendary when you have a, a roster full of women who are the best of the best, and they're not going to get playing time. So we need expansion. And I mean, now and no problem. I would pass my ninety my my, my sixty seconds, but. <laughs> Yeah, so my raw thoughts, I'll make mine short quick though, man. I've been talking about it lately. Like, I don't like this Thursday night football flex. Um, honestly, you know, even though they might have some days off after the um Thursday night football flex, but still going to take Thursday night football, guys be injured on Sundays and then they go into Thursdays. Like I said before. They on the injury report. They probably don't get on the injury report till Monday, Tuesday, sometimes Wednesday. And then if they and it and it's a maybe. And teams, NFL teams or NFL owners or franchise are not going to risk their franchise player putting so much detrimental to them on a Thursday night. Thursday night should be something that should never be flexed. It should be just straight up. This is your Thursday night. That's it. That's that. I never been a fan of Thursday night football, but I'm definitely, definitely, definitely not a fan of flexing a Thursday night game because of certain things because. If one of these franchise players get hurt and it's playoff time coming around and they're out for the season, and like I said, it's comeback. It's a lot of contact. Helmet. We already have rules for how you hit a player, concussion protocol. Like, you're, you're putting too much too much pressure on these guys' bodies, you know. And, and even in the NFL during the regular season, these guys, honestly, during the regular season don't even have a lot of contact during the regular season. Once the season starts, it's pretty much a lot of walkthroughs and stuff into the game to get themselves back prepared. Now, during the training camps and stuff, that's one thing. But my thing is, at the end of the day, whatever, and I'm going to say it again, raw thoughts, whoever's at that table and whatever they were smoking, drinking, whatever, sniffing, whatever, they need to get off of it quick and they need to get away from that table. Because what they're going to do is, even though they're trying to make money, they're going to lose a lot of money. It's going to be a lot of franchise players who are going to be in the situation where they have a choice to play or not play. And you're going to be sitting here with your best guys pretty much on Thursday night football doing what we call the load management. My raw thoughts. And you know, you know from, I, you mentioned that the Thursday night football thing. Thursday night football is made for bad football teams and bad matchups. I know Amazon's giving us a, they're giving a lot of money. And that's the reason because they try to make sure they make them happy in a deal. Listen, so, yeah. and, I, and I get it. But you need to start scheduling better Thursday night games as well, too. I think it's already bad enough for flexing Sunday night football in the second, in the, in the, in the later part of the season. The, you know what part, you know who hurts it the most? I mentioned yeah, Diamond Miller. Yeah, yeah. I think, but I think Diamond's playing. I think she's out this year. I think she's going to be behind uh, Aaliyah Boston in the twenty-three class. Um, but it, you look at Thursday night football, right? And no offense to what they're doing on Thursdays, but it's already hard enough flexing Thursday games. But probably, you know who's hurting it the most? It's the fans. Players are one thing. Prime. If I'm making travel plans, it's yeah, already bad enough. It's already bad enough that I gotta wait till literally two weeks before a game to buy tickets when the tickets are already sky high through the roof. Right, and because now you gotta I wait. Got two days to hurry up and get them. Yeah, because now I gotta wait to make sure I, my my hotel can get flexed. And if I'm taking time off work, I gotta make sure I gotta call out on Monday. So it's already bad enough that you're flexing Sunday night games, but flexing Thursday games on top of the health issues, on top of the fact of it changes people's rhythms. It changes people's routines. And we're already playing games overseas. They're talking about playing more games over in Europe again the next couple of seasons. And I get what they're doing it for because it's it's it's, it's you know it's growth of the game. I get it. But now flexing Thursday games make it even worse. All right, I understand that fans don't want to watch. I don't know. We we, we normally would say the Jaguars, but now I understand fans don't want to watch the Texans and the Panthers on a Thursday night. I get it. 
I get it. All right. Outside of the two quarterbacks, preseason, I don't know. I don't know two people who are watching Texans and Panthers outside of Texans and Panther fans. And some of them are probably watching other things on Thursday nights. I get it. <laughs> but you mentioned before, if I'm Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes just took a beating, let's say the, the, the Chargers beat him down the, on the, the Sunday before, you really think I'm going to flex him into a Thursday night game? Like you mentioned before, after catching the beatdown and having literally three days to prepare, there's no way I'm doing that. I get it. No, no problem. I'm a, I'm a hundred percent on that one. That that that's one of the craziest things about television contracts because listen, Amazon's putting a lot of money into this. So Amazon's like, you know what? There's only so many matchups we go watch a bad Russell Wilson taking on the the, the Washington Commanders. All right, there's only so many times that you're sticking me with the Detroit Lions and the um. And, 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 and the Cleveland Browns. There's only so much we're going to get of this. So I get it. All right. I'm not trying to watch the Patriots. <laughs> I'm not trying to watch the Patriots in the um in the Chicago Bears on a Thursday night. No offense. <laughs> Mac Jones on a Thursday night does not scream, let me go, let me go tell my wife I'm watching football tonight. Doesn't scream that me. I get it. Oh man, raw thoughts, raw thoughts. But um, tell guys where they can find you at Danny. The show is over. Raw thoughts, and I don't know you're a stat guy now, so they make you find out your stats, where you're at, and what you're putting out. Check me out on my Substack. So I have a, I have a world called I have a, a Substack called the Wonderful World of Data. Um, it is a a beginner's guide to learning da- uh, NBA analytics. I know that people hate analytics. If you if you love numbers, you love analytics. If you watch basketball, you hate analytics. So my job is to fuse the both them together. I'm a, I'm a basketball guy that loves data. So it's bringing together a lot of things that, you know, the common fans don't see and what makes sense to people on the data side, but also putting data side and show how, how it works in the NBA. So it's a kind of a, a kind of a hybrid of both. Um, outside of that, check out my word, repointconversion.com. Uh, big shout out to the guys over there. And really from last couple of weeks, I've been, I've, I've been doing the husband thing the last couple of weeks. My wife's business is taking off. So I've been doing a lot more with the wife and her business and, you know, she just celebrated her one-year anniversary for Tassel 15, so I'm super proud of her. Her business is growing. So I've been kind of taking my little steps back to help her out, but, you know, I'm not a hard guy to find. Prom oh, knows. No. Blue check, blue, <laughs> no, I, I was telling Prom off air um, before we started. We got to change the name of the show. It's not called Raw Mind Sports. It's called Blue Check Sports because this man to my left, he blue check now. He blue check certified now. So I, when I see a blue check in my DMs, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm honored to be on the show now. Oh, man. <laughs> With that being said, man, y'all guys can find me anywhere. This podcast is available on all podcast platforms. It'll also be available on YouTube. For some people watching the show now, you can go back and watch the show on Facebook. But you know what it is. Raw Mind, Raw Thoughts. Danny Thompson, we are out.